You're listening to The Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Owen 60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. Episode 37 of the Owen 60 podcast is going to be a good one. I'm Reese Dumaney with Colin Ward, and we are joined by Owen 60 official columnist, artist, beat writer. Um, we'll find a subject for him because we already have a geography guy, so we'll try and find something for him. English guy, English yeah, guy, writer. Uh, Joel Vanderland. Joel, uh, thanks for doing this. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, it's uh, always fun when you come on. Uh, nice. Got the Flyers uh, sweater on. Big free agency now. Big, oh, yeah. big yeah. signing. Zade Wisdom. Big draft. Yeah. Deal. Hello, Wiz is getting the max. Fourth round. There you go. Wiz is getting the max. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. Of course, there were 31 OHLers selected into the NHL draft, and that includes. All of the first rounders that went seven of them in total. And of course, Quentin Byfield, number two overall. And a huge congratulations to him because he is the highest drafted African American hockey player drafted in the NHL. So, congratulations to him and a big accomplishment as he heads to Los Angeles to join a lot of other OHLers in that system. Yeah, that's a great thing. Yeah. Great pick. I mean, called that. But you're an insider, though, too. With your yeah, I am. Ooh, Ooh, that was who money. saw that? That was clutch right there. Oh, that was funny. As <laughs> I go spending money here, you might have heard the clapping. That was me uh, doing the money thing. <laughs> Make it rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for anyone that didn't see this on Twitter, I'm a future NHL insider because uh, uh, Colin co-hosted. You got a uh, name too. That's right on. Yeah, I did. Uh, Colin co-hosted uh, the Armchair GM uh, free agency this past show. week. What's that? Free agency show, I think it was. Yeah. Armchair GM Sports Network free agency show. Yeah, you were the co-host for all three hours. No thanks, three hours is too long. Um, I went on for like 40, 45 minutes. <laughs> and I was asked by the host, Brandon Caputz, or BCAP, Uh, (laughs) who do I think the Leafs would benefit from the most by signing him in free agency? And, you know, I was, of course I looked at defense because that was the biggest problem. And I'm like, I'd already said Andy green, like a couple of weeks ago on TSN 1150. And then I'm like, I I rethought that later that day. And I was like, no, that guy's pretty old. That probably won't happen. He's Michigan native. He might want to come back to Detroit. Who knows? Obviously that hasn't happened yet, but, um, then I was like, you know what? TJ Brody, the uh, Calgary Flames have spent a lot of money already. They know they're going to have to pay him quite a bit for the role that he had. And I'm like, you know what? He's coming to Toronto because Calgary's not going to sign him. And then what was it? Five hours later, five and a half hours later, yeah. TJ Brody signs ding, in ding, Toronto. Ding. And the ins- at least the insider was born. So. Reese the insider. has got a ring to it. I know, I mean, right? At least you got a name. That's the big part, right? I mean, you got to have credibility nowadays. So, right. Nice to have a name. Exactly. So, uh, that's that's basically how my week went. And, uh, well, Collins, because he was on the show as well. But uh, uh, we'll get into this topic to start because we kind of touched on it a little bit last week. And uh, most junior hockey fans, media, um, scouts, coaches, parents, GMs, players, what have you, 
are fully aware of the situation that's going on in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League with all of these uh, uh, COVID-19 positive tests coming back in terms of uh, uh, the Armada, just to name one team who has had an outbreak. But uh, And again, Rick Westhead is all over this, trying to figure out uh, um, you know, the possible way that the OHL can play this season with the tentative start date of December 1st. And that's seeming more less likely considering Toronto, Peel and Ottawa have all um, regressed in, uh, in their uh, improvement back to normalcy. And uh, we'll start with you, Joel, for joining us on the show. You, you, you know, the situation uh, in Quebec and just to get the conversation going, how can the Ontario hockey league figure out a way to play hockey on December 1st. Bubbles. You have to bubble off, I think, is is kind of the way. Um, I think that's kind of the only way it really works, in, in my opinion. Um, I don't know what you guys think, if that's a practical um, solution, but I think that's the safest way to, uh, to keep everyone safe. Yeah, money-wise, it's tough. I like that. I mean, bubble hockey's the new 2020, right? So I don't mind that. I mean, yeah, you got to do something, right? We've had this conversation a couple times, Colin, and we're kind of on the on the uh, opinion of how is this going to be funded? And again, the, yeah. the pr- province of Quebec well, uh, loaned the QMJHL $20 million if they cut out fighting or had stiffer penalties on fighting, I should say. Um, so they, they did. They had a vote. The league said, okay, yep, five minutes for fighting, and then, and then you get a misconduct. So – that was the stiffer penalty that Quebec had. And again, we, I'll stick back to financially because that's kind of my point here is will teams pay and they must be a deal or something with hotels and the government or whatever, but mm-hmm. the teams will have to pay for a portion of this. It's not going to be all government and league. And, you know, how is that possible for teams to be staying in hotels for, you know, the NHL was there for what, two and a half, three months, three and a half months, something like that. Three and a half. You know, the OHL will have to be there for five, you know, five and a half months. Is that possible? It would be, it would have to be a shortened season. I mean, they couldn't go five months. It would have to be like three. And then they need a lot. They need majority of the government. They need majority of the money coming from the government. I mean, a lot of these teams, basically almost every team just breaks even every year. That's how they keep having teams. So they break even every year. I mean, you can have a 7,000 seat arena still break even every year. And I mean, that's huge. They depend on that. They're not going to make any more money. They're not going to lose money. They're just going to stay even, which is great. But I mean, that's going to hurt this year. So that's why I don't know how much they'll be able to put in for it. But that's why I think that the federal government have to give up a lot for that one to help out too, not just the provincial. Yeah. So, so if there is a bubble, you think, do they keep the mem cup dates the same or would, would it be keep it December 1st start and, bring the Mem Cup to say, you know, May again or yeah. April. Well, the Q's got such a big layoff this year, right? Like that's such a big layoff. If you win your, uh, t- you win the title at the end of April, next thing you know, you got to wait a couple months to play. That's tough, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not fun, but that's 2020 hockey. <laughs> what the and, and also part of this story, Joel, is the debate on, and this is the big one really, Fighting and hitting being gone. How? How can yeah, you play yeah. hockey that way? There is no way. 
Yeah, like we're going to talk about the, the drafted players here in a little bit too. And how do those guys develop if they're not playing, I guess, hockey as we know it, right? Um, how, how do you develop if it's just uh, no body checking, maybe face-offs are, are a little bit different, uh, board battles? Um, I, I just don't see how you can do it um, exactly. unless maybe you go three-on-three three or four-on-four four maybe even. Yeah, I mean, three-on-three three would be crazy hockey. Can you imagine three-on-three? Yeah. Three, uh, three There's no way you could do it for 60 minutes, though. That'd be yeah, that'd be tough. That's almost – you'd almost have to cut it in half and do 30-minute games, which is – no, you're not doing that. But. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's too tough. But, I mean, I've talked to a few players around the league about the hitting situation as well, and, I mean, they've all said, I mean – don't like it, but we kind of have to play. I mean, yeah. for some guys, it's their only opportunity. It's their last opportunity to play in front of scouts. It's, it's for some guys. I mean, it's the ability to get on the scouts radar for some guys. I mean, you're coming into the league. You got to have a big season. You want to get on the radar as well for like scouting plus draft year. So I don't really think they have an issue with it. The no hitting. Cause they kind of just want to play anyways. Just we'll take what we can get at this point. I mean, let's play. So that's yeah. all right to hear that from the players. I mean, that's kind of a positive to hear that from the players. I mean, if the players said, oh, it's, I don't want to play. I don't like hitting. I mean, if superstar players from around the league said, yeah, I don't want to play. I don't like hitting. I mean, others are going to follow. And then there'd be a whole agreement here going on. Nobody would want to play. So I don't mind that, though, that reaction from a couple of players. Yeah, and in terms of the, uh, uh, the city of Toronto, effective Tuesday, October 13th. The, uh, the following, and I'll just read this off, the following recreation programs and services were suspended uh, a week ago. Registered and instructional programs, such as learn to skate and swim programs, dance, group fitness, and wellness programs, hockey games and scrimmages, drop-in sports programs other than leisure and lane swim and leisure skate, uh, table tennis, billiard, and uh, go on and on, except... Access to the city's two conservatories. Again, that doesn't really affect hockey. This is just, um, you know, the programs that are done because they, uh, you know, keep going out and keep getting yeah. COVID. Um, and indoor permits for social gatherings and sports games slash group fitness. And again, that's just Toronto. That's not Peel or Ottawa who have also gone back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so really doesn't affect any OHL teams because Mississauga, isn't that technically in uh, halting? Yeah, but I'm just thinking about players, though, and players' family. I mean, a lot of players from our league come from Toronto. Yeah, That's the one thing I'm worried about is, I mean, parents want to see their kids play. I mean, it's probably the last time they get to see them play up close, I mean, without having to fly to games for the ones that are lucky enough to go to the NHL. So they want to see their kids play. I mean, the majority are from Toronto. So to me, that's the part that scares me because I don't really see them wanting to go to like, as my phone goes off, <laughs> that's brutal. And I don't really see them wanting family and stuff then to go from Toronto, which is kind of unfair because yeah. it's a lot, might be the only time you get to see your kid play like up close, really. Yeah. So let's go to the NHL. It's over. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and, and in terms of these, we, you had mentioned it uh, about, uh, these players who are drafted and who just got drafted, which we'll get into um, about them, you know, progressing and, you know, making their way up to being an NHL caliber caliber player and, you know, continuing on that dream of playing in the NHL. Whereas 
you look at players that are draft eligible this year going into 2021 and you think about the development for them and um, showing their their selves off and their games off to all these scouts and GMs and all these NHL clubs, which by the way, will be to 32 NHL clubs because the Seattle crack. Hey, I'm sure I just want to add this. Scouting, but. I just want to add this right now. If the Detroit Red Wings finish dead last, I mean, a good chance they will. If they finish dead last, if Seattle wins the draft lottery, I'm not going to be happy. Just sorry to interrupt. I had to get that in. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's a valid point, Joel, that if players can't be scouted to play in the NHL and get drafted to the NHL, it's – it's almost a moot point to even play because, and even playing it, like you could look at not playing and not playing with hitting and any physicality and fighting kind of hand in hand a little, a little bit. Yeah. How, no, much, do I, you, how much do you think though, this helps the skill for a player? I mean, with no hitting. It must help. Like guys might get better skills, to be honest. They're going to have to focus on playing with the puck, puck possession as well. I just want to add that one quick. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think. Go ahead, Joel. I think sorry. that's. Oh, sorry, but yeah, I think that's that's the other side of the coin there. Um, I think for skilled guys, okay, maybe maybe that's part of it. But then you look at another guy like a Zade Wisdom. His game's kind of a meat and potatoes game. How does he kind of develop his on game. his? Yeah, his trajectory, right? If he's not allowed to do what what he's kind of built to do, how, how do you really progress? Well, you've been around the AHL too. So I wonder if guys, I know the AHL is probably like the OHL right now for having a season, but I wonder like with the developmental site, then I wonder if guys like that, that play that role won't send them back to a, like a league like the OHL that has no hitting just because they don't see them developing as those guys are so good without the puck, not just with it. So I wonder if they'll just keep those guys so they kind of don't get worse playing without contact. Well, that's the thing, right? Like the guys that kind of the, the 20-year-olds that kind of progress to the to the AHL, it's, well, they've kind of done what they can do points-wise. Now it's yeah. kind of moving on to, okay, now you got to learn how to play with these men. So it's I think that's game. a big thing too, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, do you think – and this is a topic that you can both chime in on. Um, do you think all of these prospects that just got drafted or who were drafted, you know, a couple of years ago or whatever, and uh, are still in the OHL trying to work on their game and get a lot better. And I don't know if this is in the deal or not. I'd have to look it up between the NHL and the CHL, if this includes anything or has any impact, but how, so we'll say Zade wisdom, for instance, if there is, if they decide to play without hitting, without fighting, without the physical side of the game, where Zade Wisdom thrives in a lot of situations, can the Flyers say, "Screw this, go play in Europe"? Yeah. Is there a club? I want to. I'm going to look it up while we talk about it. But if there is no clause in the CHL NHL agreement. Does that happen with more guys? Like, say, a Luke Evangelista, who was just drafted, Quentin Byfield, who was just drafted, all these OHL guys. Like, do they say, no, you're not playing in a league where you can't be physical because Quentin Byfield's big. He's going to be asked to, yeah. Yeah. you know, hit and be physical with Los Angeles. When power he, forward. Yeah. Like, 
Do they say, we're sending you to a league, by the way, you're going to play against men, so you might develop a little bit quicker, and you can hit and be physical? Well, if you're a GM, that's an automatic, especially if the OHL isn't having hitting. I mean, that's an automatic to me. Send them over to Europe. I mean, if you're not, you're not going to learn anything just walking around, guys. I mean, those first round picks like Connor McMichael, Phil Tomasino, if they came back, and I doubt they will now, if they came back, I mean, they're just going to dance around everybody because, I mean, you can't hit them. So they're going to draw a lot of penalties or just going to dance you, which will make you look really silly. And also another thing is those big, tough defensemen in our leagues. I mean, you got John Parker Jones and Peterborough that hits guys, Navin Mutter that hits guys in Hamilton that's a forward, but he still plays a tough game. So you got guys like that that are so big, strong, they like to hit guys. What's a place in the league for those type of guys? I mean, you're going to get better skilled, I mean, because you're going to have to do something like that. But it kind of hurts them as well, getting chances to get looked at, I mean, when you can't play your game. Well, yeah, exactly. Like a guy like Mason Howard, too, is another guy along those lines. If you can't be physical, how do you construct your roster, right? Like, is there a place for these guys now? Like, do you construct your roster differently? Um, So opportunity will change. You may see younger guys get opportunity instead of the older guys, which is kind of odd. But, I mean, a lot of the older guys in the league are the strong guys, right? Yeah, for sure. Will Cooley's a lot like that, too, a lot like wisdom. I mean, he's going to play a meat and potatoes game as well. Well, and that too is, um, like you mentioned, Tomasino, these guys, they've already proven they can score at this level. Yeah, so, they're ready for uh, it. Too. They're ready for the next level. Yeah, and I, I, I'm just reading through this uh, CHL-NHL agreement, and they're bringing up points about Tom Wilson with the Washington Capitals because yeah. they didn't want to send him back to the O. They felt he wouldn't learn anything there. Kind of like Michael Rasmussen with the, with the Red Wings and uh, where he played in junior in, uh, in Tri-City. And then that whole situation just got screwed up and it ruined his development and whatever. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, in terms of guys like Tom Wilson and Barrett Hayton, uh, most recently the Arizona Coyotes, he's on the NHL roster, but like, you know, hasn't really played a whole ton of games, hasn't really got a chance to yeah. develop and, you know, with these guys, sometimes you can't have top picks develop in the NHL just because of whether it's a position your franchise is in or, um, you know, where the player is in his development. Like the NHL might be too much at this point where the AHL in terms of Tom Wilson would have been absolutely perfect for him. And again, he's still, I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's a good player. He's won a cup. Like he's that physical and, um, physical and playmaking forward that uh, works with him for yep. some reason where a lot of other players, it doesn't, but uh, it's the same situation there. Like he yeah. thrived on the physical game and that's what got him to the NHL and with players like wisdom. And uh, you mentioned Cooley, they can't do that. Yeah. You can't really play your natural game, which is tough. I mean, you draft guys, we want you to do this. We want you to do that. I mean, if you can't do it, it's tough, right? I mean, the teams will know. I think one player I was thinking about when you said that last year, the Colorado Avalanche are so lucky they got Bowen Byram when they did because Bowen Byram developed so much this year playing in the Western Hockey League, where if he was a year younger getting drafted this year, it would have been totally different. What are you going to do with a young defenseman? I mean, Jamie Drysdale's kind of like that now with Anaheim. If you're Anaheim, do you send the defenseman back to Erie? Or do you keep him because you don't want you want him to learn the physicality rule and playing with men? Yeah, I mean, 
Jamie Drysdale so good that yeah, it's almost too good for no contact. Yeah. Well, that's it. Do you pick up bad habits if there's no contact? That's yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. Time and space. Time and space. I mean, like if there's nobody dump. Like okay, you dump the puck in this corner, but yeah, there's no <laughs> there's no collision at the end of it. Yeah, they'll be like, you got it, I got it. Yeah, like so. So that's a that's a great point, Joel. You bring that up. You're dumping the puck in. You're going for the puck in the corner, and this applies to that no contact rule. Can you? Does that mean even though you didn't hit him, you can't rub him out of the play? Because that's, that's totally different than hitting, but it's still contact. Well, yeah. that's it, right? Can you tie a guy up on the faceoff? Yeah. Well, exactly. that's what I have a problem with. Faceoffs, there's more – it's closer contact than hitting. Hitting's like bumper cars. I said that last week. It's like bumper cars. You bump them and you go. I mean, it's a quick – it's a bang-bang reaction type thing. You hit a guy. I mean, you hit him and then you go. So I was wondering about that too. And plus rubbing guys off in the boards. I mean, are you going to be allowed to take the body away from the puck? I mean, a guy comes along the wing on the blue line. Defenseman usually steps, gives him the blue line and steps into him there, kind of cuts him off. Are you going to be allowed to do that type of stuff, taking the body away from the puck? I wonder if you're allowed to do that this year even, which is, I mean, that's are you allowed to Are you allowed to follow the puck in, into the crease? Like, Yeah. Yeah, what about net front scrums, Go, like the goalie? Are you allowed to be Thomas Holmstrom and stand right in front of the net? Yeah. Power play. What about Nefron? Like I mean, you're technically yeah. not touching him, but you I will wonder. make contact with the goalie, whether illegally or not. Oh. It will happen. Another thing for the penalty kill. The penalty kill, the puck goes in the corner. You usually got two guys down low banging at the puck. Yep. Are you going to be allowed to do that, or are you just going to be get it, dump it, and hopefully you get the puck? I mean, hopefully you can retrieve it. Yeah, yeah that- like Teresa's point, do you like on, on the penalty kill, like if there's a guy screening, do you have to leave him? Like, you'll yep. <laughs> be like a bumper, yeah. the bumper guy is going to be right in front much. of you, like right beside each other. Like, are you allowed to put your stick on him and move him, or is that, yeah, illegal exactly. contact? Like, Matthew to Chuck could not play in this league this year. <laughs> <laughs> London, London is so lucky, man. <laughs> Willie Lahead so could play in this league, yeah. Will Lahead, <laughs> that's what he lived off. Even Aaron Hayden going back to that yeah. 2016 Ice Dogs team, Aaron Hayden was just there to hit people and be physical. Like, he didn't put up points, he wasn't there to put up points. Let's be real here, yeah. Like, those watched- players do exist in junior Friday night. That was pretty cool. That replay. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. OHL final. I didn't, work for, I didn't work for them yet, so. I mean, no, bi- no bias, see, but that was hockey. I mean, you see Maletta and Tachuk go at it, Graham not giving Tachuk a shot. Like, that's hockey. Yeah. You watch that type of stuff. That gets you fired up for the season, which I would think it's going to be so weird if it's in the playoffs. I mean, you got London Kitchener. You got Niagara, Oshawa. You can have Hamilton, Niagara. You can have these rivalries, and I mean – no hitting. What's the point? I mean, it'll be so weird for the fans to even get into it if there's even fans. Yeah. Well, that too. Like you're gonna play these teams x amount of times. Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, plus, if you play more, plus if you play more, if there's no out of division games or out of conference games, if you play more. That's gonna be another problem. I don't think yeah. that really matters though, out of division, because I mean, Sault Ste. Marie can go through the border. That's gonna hurt so much. Sault Ste. Yeah. We said that a few months ago. That that, that's where the bubble would definitely come into play. Is oh for sure because that'd be that'd be unfair. I'm sorry. Like, un, I mean, people will say, "Oh, that's life. Life's unfair." Let's make the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds drive around Ontario, around like through Sudbury and North Bay, coming down to go to Windsor. That's unfair. They would trade four hours. It's I think it's three to four usually through the going through the state. 
to nine. That's because cr- I think we calculated that before. It's yeah. nine. It's nine and a half from Sioux to Windsor, driving through uh, Canada, that or Ontario, I guess. But mm. that would be so tough. That like that would be not even fun. And like Saginaw, Saginaw as well, going to Erie. That's not a fun trip in February when it's a snowstorm. I mean, Joel, you oh god, in no. the Niagara region. I mean, if yeah. you go to, if you go from Erie, which you've been there before, you go from Erie to Saginaw in February. That's not a fun trip on a Wednesday night. No, and like Erie, like to do those one in and one out with with Niagara. Yeah. That that's not happening. Yep. Well, I wonder. I don't. I don't think Ni- Niagara Erie share the Meridian Center. I don't think that happens. I don't think. Yeah, what's what are your thoughts on that, Joel? Because I was talking with Rod Mahood, and of course you know Rod well. Um, back a month or two ago, and he was talking to a couple guys that he knows in Erie about um, the Otters talking to the city of St. Catharines, who owns the Meridian Center, about the Ice Dogs and Otters playing in the same building uh, next year. If obviously the border is still closed, it probably will be. Um, so, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's the thing, right? It's a city-owned facility. And I think that goes to a lot of these teams is the team can say one thing, but it's a city-owned facility. The city should realize, I mean, I don't wear a suit and tie every day to the city hall, but I mean, if I'm in that spot, I say, I don't want two teams sharing the same arena. I mean, you've been around the dressing rooms there before. Realistically, there's not that much space. I know there's space, but it's not that far apart. There's a lot of contact there at Meridian center. I don't see the ice dogs wanting to share an arena with the area otters. And I don't think the city allows that either. Well, that's the thing too, is the locker rooms. That's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Niagara keeps their locker room. Erie gets the visitors locker room. Well, where are the visiting teams getting dressed? Yep. Yeah. That's what I was thinking as well, but saying, yeah, because, because with that, say Erie is a home game. Their dressing room's right next door to where the visiting team yeah. dressing room would be. Yeah, and yeah. I put air quotes around that for all of our listeners because it does sound as stupid as it is. And it would be dumb in the middle of a pandemic. I feel to like we that. need a live show one time. One time we need a live show. <laughs> yes, we do so many <laughs> I know, eh? So many times when I explain a hit or something when there's nothing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> And at the Meridian Center, the only thing that I could think of that would be possible to split up a team, uh, say they're playing Erie, is turn the media room into a dressing room. That's what I was it's thinking. It's not huge, but it's something. But the visiting room's really not that big, anyways. <laughs> the refs get dressed That's, in the parking yeah. lot. Just use the coaches' rooms for refs. Well, no, you'd still you'd still have the referees' room. That's yeah, but separated. Yeah, but there's some refs in the league where you want them to get dressed in the parking lot just to hit the. Oh room. yeah, <laughs> obviously, virtual. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, they just have to enter the ice where the referees do, and I mean that'd be pretty funny to watch a goalie try and get through the penalty box, unless you made them walk around and have them get on the ice. Like in London, like on, that, like on that one end where your TV does their um, like pre-show open and, you know, they're standing in that corner. And I don't know if there's a door there. There might be, but there's some kind of door, but isn't there a stairs to go up there? Joel, you might know this through the not. stands. There is. Yeah. But when you go, so when you go out of that tunnel, isn't there a wooden stand to go up? Because you got the couches there and the cheerleaders are always there, right in that corner. Yeah. 
isn't there a step to go up there like a wooden step to go up like above like the ice or am i thinking another arena i don't I, think so now there on moments i think it's just direct stands above yeah okay so it goes right to ice level it, all right yeah so you can just oh it's wood it's kind of like a wooden flooring though it's not wood but it's like yeah different. there's like the wooden flooring where they put oh, the couches okay. and stuff okay yeah that's what it is there Be, okay yeah that's nothing then just put a mat over top of it yeah yeah, that'd be uh, but good. Do the players get dressed at the hotel? That's another question. <laughs> and put their skates on at the rink? That's another thing. Yeah, because they're skates. I know a lot of the guys that I've talked to that are skating right now. I mean, all of them are, but I mean, a lot of those guys got to skate in the parking lot, which is kind of weird. I mean, that's tough when you got to put all your stuff on the parking lot, then come in, you put your tie your skates up, and then you go. It's like little kids, right? It's like little tights. Yeah. You get dressed at home. <laughs> Pretty much, that. yeah. That's how they're doing it. Except, that once in except for my shinny that I play every Friday. We're allowed in the rink 15 minutes before. So you just dressed. get your stuff on. Head out. That's Brant no, County, no not the city of Brantford either. No messing around. You know, Brantford. And then what? You take a shower in the hotel room, I guess? Yeah, well, definitely. No, yeah, for sure. Well, you'd have to, yeah. I wonder. Yeah. You have a roommate? You'd have a roommate in the seat for sure. Yeah, you'd have to. The That's NHL just- can afford rooms for everybody. Yeah. CHL can't. Yeah, true. And what do you put just two guys in a room or do you put four yeah. guys in a room? Two. Because that would save money too. I think too. Because the I think too as well. But yeah, and you know. stay on your side of the room. Yeah, yeah. Get two plates. Which makes no sense because you'll have to cross over to the to get to the washroom and the shower but hey yeah well that's another thing are you always masked yeah Yeah, for sure it's probably gonna be like normal when you're masked i I think it would have to probably be in your hotel room you'd probably be okay but But i think once you left it and got to the until you got to the rink you wouldn't be able to take it off yeah yeah like i think that's how the nhl bubble was too yeah that's what i was thinking too yeah so um yeah, all right, we'll take a break uh, here on the Owen 60 podcast with Colin Ward and Joel Vanderland. I'm Reese Dumaney. The conversation continues uh, about this strange bubble possibility and what's going to happen with an OHL season with all these protocols and uh, all the regressions by, the, uh, by these uh, Ontario cities. We'll continue that. And, of course, we'll cover the 31 OHL players selected in this, uh, this year's draft. We'll talk about it the situation with them and their teams and uh, we'll have a lot of fun with it seven OHLers drafted in the first round so it should be a good one here on the Owen 60 podcast this is the Owen 60 follow us on twitter and instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast I'm Reese Demaney with Colin Ward and Joel Vanderland our uh, Owen 60 writer. You can find his articles on our website. The links are on all of our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Owen 60 podcast. And to begin this segment for the next five minutes or so, we will uh, touch on, and we touched on a little bit uh, last segment about uh, the possibility of CHL players who were just drafted or drafted in 2019 uh, about them going over to Europe. If, the league decides to go ahead without hitting and without fighting and without the physical game pretty much as we touched on it 
Will you be able to do certain things in front of the net, in the corners, in the slot, uh, and so on? And Joel brought up a good point during the break. Zade Wisdom was signed on Monday by the Philadelphia Flyers, his three-year entry-level deal after being drafted fourth in the fourth round. And Joel, you were saying that once they're signed, they're their property, like they're he's the Flyers' property. And that would have a little bit more leverage, say, if um, Nashville didn't sign Luke Evangelista before the uh, the OHL season started. Yeah, that's what I I assume, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I wonder, like, and it's maybe not Zade Wisdom going to the SHL. Maybe it's mm-hmm. him going to a junior league in Sweden, right? Yeah, yeah. Just to play like, his physicality, play his game. You can't have him not play his type of game. I mean, his role is pretty vital to any hockey team when he gets up there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Byfield's not signed yet. It will happen probably eventually. Lafreniere uh, has been signed. I assume Stutzla will be as well soon. But, again, moot point for him because he's already there. Same with Lucas Raymond, the Red Wings pick. and even, even we could talk about Jake Sanderson being part of the U.S. National Development Program. Um, yeah. What the USHL – well, I guess he's headed to college, but um, in terms of that, will they say, we don't want you going to college, please go overseas? Yeah, I mean, Ottawa's going to have all the control with that. Joel, you'll know this better than we would. Uh, how many – did Ottawa send any guys over Yeah. Yeah, Brandstrom's over. Yeah, Brandstrom. uh, Abramov's over. Um, but they're gonna they're sending guys so sanderson could probably yeah yeah i don't think they would have any problem with that um that's an idea i think i think they'll see how it runs its course obviously and and i think they'll they'll talk to him and and his representative and he'll see if he wants to go over um i think that's an option for everybody you want to talk about developing can you imagine you go from the ushl going to play over in europe in a men's league like the Sens would gotta push that, you would think, yeah. no? Like they should be ecstatic, like pushing that, having them go over. That's such a big yeah. Deal. I mean, it's <laughs> you can't wait here forever, right? You gotta play. Yeah, yeah. you gotta be thinking that for sure. Yeah, that's where that's where you almost look at the Austin Matthews method. Just goes over there right away. There's no, I'm not playing. There's no, I'm gonna go play for the U.S. Development Program, or I'm gonna, you know. Uh, take my junior card and go up into Canada. He just said, screw yeah. both of those ideas and went over to Europe right away. So it wouldn't be a problem if something like this happened. Yeah. For sure. I don't I'm honestly caught up on the Sanderson thing right now because Ottawa's got to do that. Think they put him on the same team with uh, Stutzla. I know forward defense might not be that big of a deal, but I got the breakout. No where he is on the ice. Yeah. Get some talk. You could look into that for sure. Yeah, send them you to Anaheim. Just like yeah. just the way the, the way the Red Wings did it, they transferred Cider from the DEL to the SHL. Yeah, Raymond's in the SHL. I know they're yeah. not on the same team, which I kind of really didn't understand that. But I know you're gonna learn his game. I mean, so many young guys are gonna learn each other now by going to play over in Europe. Yeah, they're gonna be playing against each other. And again, well, isn't that a great gauging point to see them against each other? Right? Yeah. Yep. You know what you have in Moritz Cider. Let's see what what Raymond can do against them. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing that they'll do. Yeah, have them go against each other. You might, Ottawa could do that. Yeah, and I and I know that uh, it's bigger ice, and they'll be like, oh, well, 
they'll be adjusted to the bigger ice, not the smaller ice, but it's still going up against men. You're not um, taking on a 16 year old when you've been drafted in the first round of the OHL, you'll be facing like top junior or the top hockey leagues in Europe are the KHL. You've got the SHL, the DEL starting to um, pick up traction, especially with Mannheim being how skilled that team is. But um, it's still the illusion of playing against men and um, having that experience against a 30 year old or, you know, a 35 year old, depending on um, how old those players actually are. Yeah. And I mean, I'm wondering about Philly too. I mean, they signed Zaid wisdom earlier. What about Tyson Forrester? Yeah. I wonder if he's, yeah. I wonder he's if got a skate, Forrester, right? yeah, I wonder. Yeah, for sure. First round pick. I wonder Forrester and uh, wisdom. Yeah. I'm wondering that one as well. That's interesting. I mean, Rossi went both right. to the same team and Rossi, it's not a big deal. He's, he, expected he was an that. import, right? So yeah. Perfetti's another one with Winnipeg. What does Winnipeg do? Yep. I mean, they're in a spot. I mean, Perfetti's kind of not this year, but next year away from the show. He's a, like a year behind McMichael or Tomasino. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm, I'm going to have some research. Yeah, so tonight now. That's a nice segue, by the way. Um, so we'll get into, uh, our OHL draft coverage and uh, breaking down and looking at all of the 31 OHL players that were selected in this year's NHL draft. And with all seven first rounders, we will begin there. Number two to the Los Angeles Kings, joining Akil Thomas, Aiden Dudas, um, Jacob Ingham, all those OHLers in the Kings organization is Quinton Byfield at number two. Six, a lot four. of, a lot of people had them two, three, depending on, um, you know, what each team was thinking, but in terms of LA, Joel, start with you. How does he fit into the future of the LA Kings? Yeah, I think, I think they think he can be the next Anse Kopitar, big center, um, kind of uh, restart the, their, uh, their blueprint there with another big center they won with with Anse Kopitar and I think they think that can be kind of a, a similar starting point for them yeah for sure I mean 6'4 215 that's gotta yeah. that's I mean Rob Blake's a bigger guy himself he was a top, big defenseman that played in the NHL so he knows how much of a handful of power forwards are now in the league which is interesting to me too the size well, I, I like the point that they made on the NHL network about Byfield and uh, the way he plays is they were all like, this kid's got to get a longer stick. Like you see how, <laughs> Brian how, Burke. Ben, you see Brian how Burke. bent over he is. Like, that was Burke. I thought that was NHL network. Brian Burke was talking about his stick. He said, he's oh, got to get a longer yeah. stick. He well, goes the first, the first right, thing then I would do is he's got to get a longer, <laughs> he's got to get a longer stick. Yeah. I That's mean, it. I agree with that though. He does. He's I'll, hunched over too much. Also, uh, I mean, Alexis he makes plays, but. Alexis Lafreniere, number one. Welcome to the NHL. It's a big deal, number one. <laughs> I had to drop that in. We're number 13. Pavel Datsy. Welcome uh, to the NHL, Quentin Byfield. <laughs> You're going to kill it. Oh, man. So, Byfield at number two to the Kings. Moving on, number six overall. The Eriotta defenseman goes to the Anaheim Ducks, Jamie Drysdale. And a lot of Great people pick. were going... Does Ottawa go forward then defense? And they went defense, but they chose Sanderson instead of Drysdale. They just went size. And about, They're very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and about where does Detroit go? Because you have the top three, but then it's wide open. And 
Detroit took Raymond, but at number six, the uh, Ducks take Drysdale. And I agree with that because they could use a lot of defense. John Gibson, uh, he gets, uh, he gets hung out to dry quite a bit. Yeah. That's a great pick. I mean, Jamie Drysdale is so good at getting the puck out of his own and he gets it out quick, makes a great first pass. I, I saw him play like five to six times last year. And I mean, London, you didn't really notice him much because you notice you'd have to play a stay at home game, right? Cause he up, and, I mean, that firepowering top line in London with McMichael, Foodie and Evangelista. But then you watch him play against some lower level competition teams in the league. And I mean, his transition game so fast. He's so smooth and smart where if you're a scout in Anaheim, you just can't pass up on that. So that's a great pick. Yeah, I think a big thing, too, was the World Juniors. The the Hunters put a lot of trust in him as an underage yeah, defenseman in that tournament. And I, I, that's, yeah, that's a major selling Finland. point. Yeah, the Finland game, he battled. He battled his butt off that game. That's what you love to see. Yeah, so he goes six to the Anaheim Ducks. Number eight, eight. overall, and Uh-oh. I, a lot of people yeah. were – I don't the mind wrong it. Ottawa 67, but – Buffalo I don't think it is. don't think so as they took Jack Quinn. Yeah, Jack Quinn, I mean, he's another powerful forward. I mean, he's only six foot. I mean, only six foot still nice, but, I mean, he plays a bigger game. I never got six feet, so it must be nice. I was, <laughs> I was, lo- I was lucky watching to watch him play in Niagara this year. In the game in Niagara, I mean, you didn't notice Rossi much, but Rossi looked great in his own end. But Jack Quinn drove that net the ice dogs now with authority all night long. I mean, he was a pain ice dog side and he looked really good. And ever since that, I, I don't think I'd be upset picking Jack Quinn from eight to 12. I don't think I'd be upset if he went up that far. I think he fits right in, in that mix with a guy like Rossi, a Perfetti. I think he's more engaged than a Perfetti, to be honest. I mean, Perfetti's got a great shot, but I think he's more engaged in the game. And I remember telling you, Joel, in that game, when Quinn drove the net, I mean, this guy's a guy. Like, yeah. He first round pick. He he wants to score all the time. And that game against the Ice Dogs, it wasn't even a bad game. That was the game where Niagara actually should have won. The puck went across the goal, goal line with like a second yeah. left and they didn't count it. And the Meridian Center just went crazy. It was like the Rogers Center in game five against Texas in the seventh inning in 2015. That's what it was like. And I mean – they have a point, but that was a good game. It was a good hockey game. And I mean, Quinn looked like the best player on the ice. No, I, I agree. He, he was, he was a man out there. He, he was driving the net, wanting to score um, rocket of a shot. Oh, snapshot. Eh? When he gets yeah. the puck in tight, it's right up there with a guy like uh, McMichael. I mean, it's right there. And you know what? The, a right shot. You, you always see now That's- everyone's a lefty. Well, that's back to the Drysdale comments. Drysdale snapshot. Drysdale gets, got such a nice snapshot as well. It's a lot like Evan Bouchard's. Yeah. Yeah, so Jack Quinn at number eight to the Buffalo Sabres. Number nine, his teammate, Marco Rossi. Back to back. Minnesota Wild. And, I mean, I, I, I said I'd like him in Detroit just because he oh, great me defensive. a lot of Pavel Datsuk and, you know, that Selkie Trophy caliber type player and – um, I think that's something Minnesota's really been lacking. And I think that Marco Rossi is going to stand out right away once he gets to the NHL and uh, puts on a wild uniform. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, for sure. Low center of gravity, really hard to knock off the puck. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of surprising maybe for some people that Quinn went ahead, but Minnesota's been looking for that center, and he fell in their lap. Yeah, they almost had to find someone to replace Eric Stahl just to be responsible in the defensive end like he is. Yeah, Marco Rossi is very responsible. I mean, like you mentioned, Pavel Datsuk, he's so good defensively, and he's shifty defensively like Datsuk. I mean, Pavel Datsuk could get to spots like in a sneaky way, meet, beat guys to pox. Where Marco Rossi's like that too. And I noticed that this year in the game when I saw Quinn light it up, where Marco Rossi on the defensive side of things got the spots and really gets in lanes, not physically, but with his stick. He's such good, he does such good stick control. I was trying to say that. I mean, just gets in spots. You can pick your pocket. I mean, that's so dangerous in the defensive end. Just huge, and he gets a puck out quick. And obviously, he gets points, which is nice, too. That's a nice trade-off. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, completing the uh, the trio of OHL picks from 8, 9, and 10, Cole Perfetti goes at 10 to the Winnipeg Jets. And they flat-out right went and say it. We had them around – we had them around 4 and 5, and we were just – on the moon that he was available at 10. Yeah. I mean, he's got a, he's a good, he has a great shot. I mean, he probably had the best shot in the draft. I mean, Alexander Holtz was up there, but Holtz Perfetti one, two in the draft for pure shot. I mean, you give Perfetti time and space. He's going to score a hundred percent of the time. I don't care who says that. I'll argue all day long. I mean, he scores. That's what he does. And I mean, when he plays with good players, he's going to have an opportunity in Winnipeg for sure. You see what he does in Saginaw. He's lethal. Yeah, it's uh, he's definitely one of the bright futures of the Winnipeg Jets, and they are used to going OHLers in the first round. Of course, they've taken uh, Logan Stanley a couple of years ago from the uh, Windsor Spitfires, and um, still not in the NHL yet, but Cole Perfetti will definitely make it there in a quicker time than him. Uh, on to 23, to the Philadelphia Flyers, Tyson Forrester, and we had the conversation <laughs> right, Joel. about what they're going to do, <laughs> if they're going to send him over or not, and Joel's all pumped for this. So, uh, Joel, Tyson Forrester, how does he fit into the Philadelphia Flyers lineup? Goal scoring. That's it. It's If you're not scoring now in, in the junior ranks, you're not probably going to score in the higher ranks. So they take the guy that they think can score, big body, uh, can take the puck off his front or back foot on those one timers and and rip it. Exactly. He likes he likes to. We saw it in Niagara a couple of times where he kind of hides on the power play on that top circle and and just waits and, and you forget about him and it's game over. Oh, such a quick shot! Eh? The puck explodes off his stick. It's on the goalie like that. Like it's bang bang. I mean, the goalie if he's out of position by a half a second, it's in the back of the net. I mean, he's big too. I mean, 6'2", 194 pounds. I mean, you can't teach size. So that's yeah. another big thing. And he can skate for a bigger guy too, which is nice. Yeah. Transition. No. I mean, Philly's a big team. Big team, good transition team. And if they're not big, there's smaller guys are going to grind you out. I mean, it's the identity of the other team. So I think it's a great pick for Philly. Kind of takes yeah. your spot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think really- he'll make it quicker than people think just because of that goal scoring ability. I mean, everyone's looking for goal scorers. Well, yeah. what do you guys think? What do you guys think? Two years? Yeah, I think I think maybe similar to the trajectory of like a Morgan Frost. He got a cup of tea this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Yeah, Frost, um, another one. 
those guys are slowly replacing that car, eh? Like with Voracek and uh, even if you think about it, a little bit lower pick is the captain of the Kitchener Rangers. We played baseball against them, Connor Bunneman. Yeah, yeah. He's got the teeth for Philly. Like he's all ready talk to go. Junk, talk junk to him before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a couple times too. But yeah, that's playing. Yeah, it's almost that whole group coming up and joining Carter Hart. Carter Hart, obviously, a lot more advanced. But... Uh, Carter Hart. I mean, sure. so... <laughs> right. if we do if we do a blooper reel, that's got to go on mine. <laughs> All right, I'm down. But, but uh, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, they're gonna join that core, which is nice. Yep. Welcome to the NHL, Tyson. I should do that every pick. <laughs> Uh, all right Uh, the next pick then number 27 overall uh, from the sarnia sting jacob perot great uh, selected by anaheim their second ohler of the first round talk about a great first round draft i mean jacob perot's a stud when we saw him playing our featured game last year sarnia london i mean jacob perot just gets the puck out of his end quick i mean he's got a great first step he's good with the puck I mean, he's right up there with Jamison Reese, another good elite player in our league. And that's a solid player. And Anaheim definitely got a good one. I mean, 5'11", 192, but he plays bigger than 5'11". He plays like he's 6'2", which is nice. He plays a hard game. There's another one there with no contact in the OHL. How does that affect him? But Yeah, it's almost, it's almost like he's taken a lot of advice from Darian Hatcher, who, you know, he's a another big guy. One. He's leg scary. One too. Like, yeah. Yeah, leg one's another one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's almost, it's almost what they're trying to do in Sarnia a little bit is create that complete physical Tom Wilson player where he can score as well. Exactly. Because, you know, Darren Hatcher won a Stanley Cup. It's not like he wasn't effective in the NHL. He won a cup with Dallas. Like, he was still an effective NHL player. And creating those type of guys in Sarnia is, you know, Sarnia hasn't had a whole lot of success when it comes to winning championships and getting so- to the conference finals and OHL finals. And, um, Darian Hatcher, the way he's starting to form players out there is, is just awesome. His system's a hard system. I've watched them play a few times. It's lucky enough to do it. I mean, last year they didn't have the best year, but they work their butts off every shift. They're going to battle you hard. And I mean, that's why, I mean, you got, got, you had older guys like McGregor, a jostling a hatcher. Those guys are such big forces in the league as well to where those younger guys really, developed playing under those guys too and they step into that role now and they play a tough game which i really like to watch sarnia play yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a fun one when uh, we can finally start ohl hockey again but uh those are the seven players from the ohl drafted into the first round as we move most most since 2010 yep yeah that would be taylor tyler deal yeah that year (laughs) Also, um, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, San Jose. I don't know if you guys saw it or not. The Aussie pick, yeah, Aussie, yeah, that's a great gesture by the awesome. San Jose Sharks. I just want to give a quick uh, shout out for that one. I mean, do you watch mother... that little story they did? Yeah, on their family. Yeah, I shared it on my Facebook. Yeah, that was pretty sweet, eh? I just think like for the stuff they've went through, the boys. I mean, he was getting bullied at games, like from his own coach is what you hate to see. I mean, that's not hockey. I mean, you got to yeah. have fun playing the game and his mother is being is deaf. And I mean, Jake neighbors, another shout out to him on their bus trips in Edmonton, actually learned sign language from Aussie, which I thought was a cool story as well. But 
great, great gesture by San Jose. That's a great move. That's going to go a long ways around the league and around the sports community. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, as we finish up round one, I just got a notification on my phone for both you baseball fans. My Tigers draft at number three this year. Joel, your Phillies, number 13. Oh, oh boy. Colin, the Blue Jays are at 19. That's not bad. We could get player. Yeah, just thought I'd bring that up as we finish. Yeah, up we're like one. three years above the Tigers. Eh, two, but okay. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to, I'm just trying to set the tone here for the rest of the show. I'm a grinder. Uh, uh, as we move on, round two saw four OHLers selected. We'll start at number 39 from the Sioux Greyhounds. To the Minnesota Wild is Ryan O'Rourke. Yeah, quick defenseman, gets the puck out quick. Youngest captain, I mean, 17 years old as a captain. Yeah. That goes a long way yeah. to leadership. So we'll see six foot, 178. I mean, they'll want to put a little bit more weight on, but great. Uh, For anyone who heard that, that was bio steel bottle right there. No free ads, but unofficial free ad uh, at the own 60 podcast trademark pending. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, old, defense, he gets a puck out quick. Yeah. Old school style, physical leader. How do you yeah. see him fitting in with Rossi in that lineup in Minnesota? Outlet passes. <laughs> outlet passes the stretch pass i mean he, get, he makes he makes a good first pass so i mean maybe that one two punch yeah. i mean the lidstrom to dad suit outlet pass maybe i don't know it's interesting defenseman to forward that's all i say yeah number 42 and big one big one guest show guest. of the show luke evangelista drafted 42nd Fuck. overall to the nashville predators and Joining another former Owen 60 guest, Phil Tomasino. With Welcome the to the NHL, Luke. Is that a top end, second line, possibly first line, maybe uh, combination with Luke and oh, Phil sure. one day in the future? For sure. I, I guarantee you, Nashville saw him the way he played with Liam Foodie and Connor McMichael and thought, Phil Tomasino and him together? Why not? I mean, Phil Tomasino is the best player in the league, so why not? put him together i mean he plays good with good players he can fit in on any line great he gets points great in his own end why not luke's a great player he's the most underrated player in the ohl this year in my opinion yeah i would agree antonio strong just kind of got a little bit more hype because of the rookie season he had but um luke definitely passed him in terms of uh points total and ice time and just the way he played was just it was better than strong this year Oh, for sure. I mean, responsible, responsible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How do you see that with Tomasino, Joel? You obviously watched Phil um, for the first half of the season in Niagara and the style of play that he has and brings to the table. So that duo for you, how well do you see that working out or not? Like it might not be a pair that you like too much. Yeah, I think Evangelista is a guy that fits anywhere in your lineup, really. Um, yeah. Plays hard game. Uh you know, can skate with, with Tomasino, which is a big thing. I mean, you want to be up on in the play with him and kind of have your stick in the position where he's going to give you the puck. And I think Evangelista can do that. I think he can get Tomasino the puck. Um, I think Colin noticed this a lot too, is he's a turnover machine uh, yeah. with the London Knights. Yeah, yeah. So Luke Evangelista 42 to the Nashville Predators and to number 48. And a lot of people, Surprising, kind of scratching their heads. Why the heck is this guy still out there, including well, uh, Sam Cosentino? 
Well, Yog your Mishak point was great. Your point was great, Reese. Montreal. Yeah, I, I thought I had <laughs> yeah, another one. I got excited there. I, was, I tweeted it out because L.A., uh, they uh, traded up, and I forget which pick they traded for, but um, I'm like, did L.A. just trade up to draft Jan Mishak to play alongside Arthur Kaliev? Of course, they didn't draft him. Which I, was, I had to tweet out saying I was wrong, but – um, he finally goes at 48 to the Montreal Canadiens. And why? Why did he go at 48 and not, you know, in the first round or early second? Well, there was a lot of those guys that fell this year. Do you think because of the playoffs? No playoffs? I think that is a chance to be a huge part. Yeah, I think so. Because, like, I, I was shaking my head all draft long about it. I mean, I wasn't too happy on the second day with some decisions, but – I mean, I was thinking that too. He's not a he's not a second round guy. He's a late first round guy, in my opinion. Yeah. So I was kind of surprised as well. Great player, though. I mean, you're getting like a Gustav Nyquist type player. Yeah, I see that. Shifty. Very yep. And at number sixty from the Windsor Spitfires, and he was originally projected to be, of course, at the start of the season to be a late first, early second. He drops to being a late second at sixty. Uh, Will Cooley to the New York Rangers, adjoining Alexi Lafreniere, and a pretty decent draft class that the Rangers had. Yeah, Cooley's a good pickup. I think Cooley's going to be well-liked in New York. I think that New York will really uh, gravitate to him because he plays that run-and-gun game a lot, like his day wisdom. He doesn't take a shift off, which is nice. And I think he's going to be a great linemate for Alexi Lafreniere. Yeah, so that uh... – that rounds out the second round in terms of, uh, of OHLers. And we're kind of running out of time here. So we'll go through the third round. And then from four through seven, we'll kind of just list off the names and uh, yep. congratulate all Let's of them. Go. We can go one every three. Yep. I'll go. So third, we'll start third round, four OHLers again. And this really isn't counting. They didn't count Gushjin, who had committed to Niagara, but – uh, we'll start with uh, Kitchener Rangers D-man Donovan Sabrango going 63rd overall to the Detroit Red Wings. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, he has a little edge to him. I don't mind that. Yeah. Uh, 75 from the Windsor Spitfires, Jean-Luc Foodie goes to the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, I mean, so I think Bloodlines is big with that pick as well. Yep. Yeah, they talked a lot about that on their on their draft coverage, NHL Network. They're saying like how much he learned from his brother Liam, and you know, taken from his NHL experience uh, inside the bubble and those two games that he got midseason as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah another guy that was rated higher at the beginning of the year that yep. maybe fell down the draft board a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, they did. They they didn't have the greatest season. Him and Cooley, I will say that they were a lot highly more highly touted than the season they had which was disappointing to see because they are great players it's just you know the way that the season played out they just it wasn't their year so yeah uh, that pretty much explains why they dropped to 60 and 75 but at 76 and this will be a joel topic (laughs) who is an import selection of the niagara ice dogs hasn't played a game at the meridian center but drafted 76th overall to the San Jose Sharks. And Joel, from just all the video you've seen and all the scouting reports that you've seen on him, and you can even speak what he brings to the Ice Dogs, but uh, in terms of San Jose, just what type of player is San Jose getting? Skill, skill, and more skill. 
Um, but you know I'm what? Sorry, what are they getting? I don't think you said it. Can't quite hear you. Skill? Yeah, something so. like that. No, but um, yeah, Still I guy. think you know. But he also plays a tenacious style. You know, um, he he comes down hard on the wing, and but he also has that skill that will make you look silly. So um, I think that's really it. Uh, smaller guy, but just a ton of skill. Yeah, and that's what you need nowadays. And hopefully Niagara can see him play in a nice Doug's jersey one day uh, yeah. if there's a season. That would be nice. And, again, this is this is actually a topic I wanted to talk about last week, and I think we did, but not for too long. And I'll ask you this, Joel, before we continue on. So the QMJHL doesn't have any imports right now. They're just going straight like Canadians. And what is the deal with Gooschen? Because, obviously – He's, he wasn't born in the U.S., but he played in the U.S. Is that a different situation in terms of not allowing imports because he played in North America last year? Like, would that be the exception? I, I don't think so because he still is taking an import spot. Right. So I think, um, yeah, I think it would be a, kind of a different conversation um, if – if you're American born player, that's, that's living in the States right now. than if you're a, a Russian that played in the States uh, the previous year. All right. Yeah. That's just, that's just been something I've wonder, been wondering because the Q is not allowing it right now. And because he was a U.S. player last year and, you know, wasn't overseas. So it's just, that that's something that was bu- not bugging me, but I wanted to. No, it's a good question. On, but, his yeah. on his mind. Yeah. Next back. Yeah, number 84, and this is Goalie. one of the guys who played unbelievably well this year for the Guelph Storm, made Team Canada, uh, started the game against the United States to open the tournament. It's Nico Dawes who goes to the New Jersey Devils, and he has a real opportunity to do something great there because mm-hmm. I looked at all their goaltenders and every, and, and I. it's Mackenzie Blackwood and Nico Dawes. That's all I noticed, really. Yeah. I mean, Nico Dawes is probably second on their depth chart already. Yeah. In top three, I would think. Yeah, for sure. Big, but, big tall goaltender now. Yep. Yeah. yeah, with goalies, though, it still might be three or four years by the time we see Dawes in the NHL. Unless, you know, he's throwing up 50 wins in his first season. But yeah, uh, that might be a little tough. He has AHL eligibility. Yeah. Because he's a year older. Yeah, that's true. He does. He got passed through about that. Year. Yep. So he can go right to the A. That's an idea if he even yeah. stepped foot in Guelph this year. That'd be interesting. Uh, well, he's another guy. Does he go to Europe? Yeah. I mean, yeah. goalie's got to play. Yeah, I mean, you're going to face shots from men. I mean, that, it's a I, lot harder. I see right? Dawes Andrew going Jones. to a European junior league. I don't think he'd, he'd be in one of those senior leagues. I think oh. Dawes is more fit for the junior leagues over remember there. When, remember when we talked to Hunter Jones when he was saying, like, when you go to the trip? training camp for the first time in minnesota it's nhl shots it's a lot faster yeah. the puck gets on you quicker so i wonder if uh they'll send him to a men's league just to get faster puck reactions i mean the puck's at you a lot faster it moves faster yeah so i wonder if he'll go to a men's league yeah the problem too is how how many goalie spots are available i think like they fill up so fast. yeah and i mean yeah. especially there you don't want to be in a fourth goalie i mean exactly. why go if he goes uh, he's got to be a guy yeah and uh, easier well, for a forward Rounding out the third round, 93rd overall from the Sudbury Wolves, Jack Thompson heads to the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
get pick up. Stay at home defense. Yeah, Four he's hundred. a guy I, I thought maybe dropped a little. Um, yeah. I'd seen some some mock drafts where he was a second rounder. Uh, I don't know what you guys think. Um, I thought third just because a lot of guys dropped further than what they should have dropped. So that's the only reason why I thought third. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on the same boat there. Um, so he rounds out the OHL players from the third round. Before we head to the fourth, we have a trade to announce, and people will know this. Nate Schmidt headed yeah. from the Golden Knights to Vancouver for a that might have been That might have been back. When As we were discussing the Golden Knights situation before this. Yeah, yeah, because I was going to bring that up about Vegas. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I mean, Vancouver taking on more cap, but – Yep. Interesting. Uh, uh, fourth first round in Zade Wisdom. Wiz. Signed Wiz. from the Kingston Frontenacs. Goes Welcome to the, to the NHL. Flyers. Welcome to the NHL. Welcome to the NHL. All Let's right. go. I love that pick. Great pick. That's a pick of the draft. Wisdom at four. Or the fourth round one. But that's the pick of the draft for me. And then the well, next one, too. The next Flyers one. Players couldn't believe he was there. I mean, I wasn't believe the next one's big too. The next two actually, yeah, back to back. Yeah, next two. Brandon Coe goes uh, to San Jose at ninety eight, and then right behind him at ninety nine, Yarmir Pitlick. Pitlick's underrated. Devils. Pitlick's yeah. underrated. Yeah, you liked him, eh, Joel? Is that the guy? Yeah, I'm a big fan this year. Yeah, yeah, that was something because Pitlick is also the uh, player to go the lowest that played at the top prospects game. Really? Yeah. Yep. Absolute steal. Yeah, that is a steal. But yeah, I mean, how? I mean, if Z- wisdom goes f- five picks ahead, right? Like how? Wisdom yeah. did not play in the top prospects game. Yeah, which so, you should. I mean, these guys. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of guys falling. Yeah, him and Luke Evangelista for sure should have been there. I mean, Luke was there. Luke was, we, but we pulled for that, injury, but... wasn't it? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He was the inv- he was the invitee after an injury, but yep. they both should have been there for sure. Well, one was, but the other one yeah. should have been for sure. Yeah. Twenty picks later, behind Pitlick, goes Tanner Dickinson, another Sioux Greyhound. He goes to the St. Louis Blues at one nineteen. Yeah, Sue had a draft. Yeah, Sue they did. Yeah. yeah, that was nice for Sue getting four. That was big. Yeah, and um, then at 123, a few picks later, Antonio Strongis is selected by the Dallas Stars. Eh, good skater. A guy after his rookie season, you expected, oh yeah, if he follows this up, he'll be a he'll be a late first, early second rounder, possibly for sure first rounder, depending on the season he has. And then uh, it just didn't come uh, together for him in his sophomore season. It's still drafted. Uh, he will make an NHL club uh, in a few years, but. Uh, after his rookie campaign, I thought he would have been a lot higher, which was uh, it was difficult to see the numbers he put up this year. You're going to see a lot of guys get drafted in the fifth round to be studs out of this draft. Yep. Especially from For sure, I see that. Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the fourth, fifth round was the best draft. Yep. Like it was the best picks. I mean, for value-wise, I thought, I mean, obviously the first and second, but fourth and fifth were great. Yeah. Yeah, and on to round number five and kicking things off from the Oshawa Generals. Ty Tulio gets selected to the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I mean, you got to put some weight on. Yeah, small kid. 
yeah, I mean, once he fills out, I mean, his dad's a little bit bigger, so maybe. Yep. I mean, the family's a bigger <laughs> family, so that's good. I mean, I mean, scouts look at that. I mean, if the dad's a big, tall guy. They're gonna take a chance, right? Yeah. Plus, he's a, he's a leader on Oshawa, especially going into their bid for the Mem Cup. He'll definitely be. He'll have an A, or you know, he'll be one of those guys that are speaking up and you know, getting the guys all fired up and ready to go. And um, whether that's a role he wants or not, I don't know, but um, it's gonna come. Yeah, a good skill set. Yeah. I mean, in the yeah. fifth round, you can't go wrong. Yep. Yeah, yeah great skill set. Right behind him, another OHLer goes from the Barry Colts to the New York Rangers, Evan Veerling. Good pick. Good pick. Veerling's a stud. I mean, that's another steal. He's a good player. Very Yeah, shifty. him and Forrester really kicked it off in yeah. the Barry there. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one. They'll be going at it now eh? in New York and uh, Philly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If there is a season, like to Colin's point, watch out for those guys. They have the chemistry. They they know how to put up points. Yeah. And yeah, uh, and right behind him, finishing the trio, one twenty-eight from the Kingston Frontenacs again. First another guy that we thought wouldn't be in late. the fifth round. We're thinking third or you know late second, maybe Martin Chromiak to the LA Kings. Yeah, late first for sure. Great. I mean, he's a great player. I don't. I was honestly shocked that he went that late i mean he's a great player that uh, we were just talking about how guys are gonna from the fifth sixth fourth fifth sixth rounds are gonna be good nhl players yeah. this one's gonna be great this one's gonna be a good nhl player if there's a season are they the best line of junior hockey with chromiac shane right yep. for sure because they have sure. everything they have grit yeah. they yeah. have skill and they have a little bit of size that's where Not a lot of size but a little bit that's where Marcus Boudelier had a valid point there on our show about that. I, yeah. You have everything on that line. I mean, they got the grit, the size, yep. the goal scoring, the playmaking abilities, the brains, the hockey. Oh, yeah. Sections. But yeah, they'll be, they'll, that Kingston top line will be the premier line in the OHL, whether this year or next year. And again, you think of guys losing a year. Shane Wright, yeah, he played at 15 years old, but like for his development, are you kidding me? Like, if he doesn't get this year, we might not see top tier uh, Shane Wright until you know two or three years from now, which I doubt. But you know, does he pull an Austin Matthews? Ooh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I would not want to be Kingston if that happened. Oh, <laughs> man, that would that would be awful. But uh, uh, moving on, one forty-one. Isaac Phillips, another Sudbury Wolf, goes in this draft. He gets selected by the Chicago Blackhawks. And on to the final OHLer selected in this NHL draft. 145th overall goes Ole Bjorgvik Holm to the Columbus Blue Jackets from Mississauga. So we're saying Ole Bjorgvik I, I think it's Ole. Nail it? Did I nail it? I think so. Ole? Because I, I botched Sprawlia Unless it's Ole. Show. Episode one, I botched. Yeah, Christian you did. That was it was terrible. You said Spiraglia like every media member that ever comes to games, even though Rod Mahood will announce it before. But, you know. Spiraglia. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what do I know? I guess pronouncing yeah. names don't matter. But Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> if you're going to cover the league, no names. Yep. It's Evangelista. Boom. Yeah. Um, Come on. Get it right. And Regula, not Regula. But uh, that was tough. Who's salty? Colin is. <laughs> we just blame each other um <laughs> uh, moving to the sixth round we're way over time now probably um 162nd overall goes Yevgeny Oksentyuk 
from the Flint Firebirds, he gets drafted by the Dallas Stars. High skill. High yeah, skill. Colin loves him. Yeah, he yeah. does. He loves Flint, and well, we have a huge. Everyone show loves Flint. After. Everyone loves. Yeah. I announce all these names, except for a certain media member, not a fan of Flint. Yeah. Oh well. What? Okay, oh, we'll talk about that after. Uh, <laughs> then after him, 163rd overall goaltender from the Ottawa 67s, Will Cranley gets drafted by St. Louis. Good pick. I mean, he really hasn't played, but hasn't gotten I'm his gonna, opportunity. But when he I'm has, gonna, he's shown it's, he's pretty yeah, good. I'm gonna, I'm going to bite my lip because at the end, you know, I got something. Anyone that follows me on Twitter knows what I'm getting into here. All right. Yeah, big goalie drafted high in the OHL. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just with Cedric Andre um, being the guy in Ottawa, tough for him to get an opportunity. Maybe trade bait for someone this year. Who knows? Uh, yeah, maybe an Erie or yeah. not an Erie, uh, Oshawa or Sioux, a Men Cup team. But yeah, um, on to the next one, I think. Yeah, one seventy-two. Chad Yetman goes to the Chicago Blackhawks. I even good think point. that's an underrated pick. I like Yetman. Yeah, it's a good pick, but I just think there's some other guys too that are his age that should have went, but great pick. He's a good player. Yeah. Scores a ton. 43 goals this year. Yeah. Deserves it. Yeah. Real leader on that team. You look at uh, Jamie Drysdale getting really all the um, accolades and um, Oh, this guy's highly touted. Everyone forgot about Yetman and how good he was for that Otters team. Cause without Yetman, they definitely would have been, would not have been in the position that they were in. uh, No pause happened. I think if he doesn't get drafted, he gets signed. Yep. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I agree with that. For sure. Uh, 174, a couple picks later, the Calgary Flames select Rory Currens from the Sioux Greyhounds. Good pick. Good pick. I mean, I think that was the last Sioux Greyhound to go. Yep. Yeah, as we round out, uh, we hit the seventh round. Only two OHLers selected in that round. 205th goes Ilya Sol- Solovyov. That's probably wrong. Oh, well. Saginaw yeah. Spirit, he goes to the Calgary Flames at 205. And then at 217, Declan McDonald gets drafted by the Tampa Bay Lightning, a Kitchener Rangers player. Good one. Get to the rant now? Yes. And because <laughs> I think I think it is absolutely absurd that Brett Brochu does not get drafted. The guy worked his ass off. <laughs> Language. Need it. Need it. The guy worked in America. The guy worked his butt off this year. I mean, Brett Brochu is a gamer. I mean, he played Junior C two years ago now. Great player there. I mean, stood on his head, got a lot of shots, answered the bell. Comes to He comes to London last year to training camp as the third bat, maybe back up there. I mean, they just acquired uh, Matt Anuska from Waterloo who won a Sutherland Cup at 16. And Brett Brochu comes in and wins a backup job. Then – Oh, not even a week later as the season starts, he wins the number one job over Jordan Coy, who was supposed to be the guy. I mean... It was a draft pick of the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I mean, he was supposed to be the guy, and Brett Brochu outplayed them. And uh, all of a sudden, he battles. He's on the... He breaks the London Knights' wins record for the season. Then, then, the end of the season, he makes the import. He makes the virtual uh, Team Canada camp, which is great. So... To not get drafted for no one to take a flyer on him. I know he, I know there's going to be all size and stuff, but heart beats size in my opinion. I just think Brett Rochu should have been drafted. 
Next player, Riley McCourt. Riley McCourt should have been drafted. I mean, he's a great kid. We, we've been tweeting about it all day on Wednesday. I mean, you're not going to find a better guy than Riley McCourt. I mean, I'm very happy he got picked up by the Marlies on Thursday because he's a great guy, great player. He's a great player. He's a great guy. And it's, I mean, out of all the guys we've had on his show, he was one of the best. I mean, the stuff he told us, I mean, he, if we ever went to Flint and stuff, he'll take care of us and stuff. Like you never hear guys like that say stuff at his age, the way he does. And I think that that's his character. And Riley McCord, I'm so glad he got signed because he deserves to play at the next level, at a pro level anywhere. Now he can go to Europe as well. Yeah. And get yeah. an opportunity there. Yeah, he might. To showcase for the Marlies, I mean. That's not saying yeah. that he'll just go play in Europe. <laughs> yeah. He'll play, though. He'll play yeah. somewhere. Yeah. He's a good player. Well, that's the thing, too. If there's a ECHL season, Marlies could assign him to, to the Growlers or – yeah. 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 Cause there's only like 15 teams, I believe. I'm not 100% Although, sure. The AHL, I saw a staggered start. And I don't know if that's just a concept or what, if that's the plan or whatever. But I heard yeah. that, you know, half the teams are going to start, oh, what day was it? Middle of December or whatever. And then the next half, we're going to start middle of January. And that middle of January bunch included Grand Rapids. Yeah. Again, so, concept, whatever it is. I just, I saw it on Twitter. So, yeah. I mean, well, that's another thing, too, is do they have taxi squads? Is Riley McCord in, in the Marley's taxi squad? Yeah. I would think so. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Him and uh, Hoffamar. Yep. For sure. All, to close out the show, one last thing. Yeah. Yeah. We got to. Okay. We gotta so, we had Luke Evangelista gets drafted. We had Riley McCourt get signed. Jonah D. Simone, if you are going to go live on Instagram golfing, at least show up on the hole. I saw that on Sunday, uh, Monday afternoon golfing with Jakey Birdie, another show, uh, a show the star, the maestro. Uh, I mean, he had a good hole. The maestro backed it up. He backed up the name. But if you are going to go live on your Instagram and show it off and say, hey, look, everybody, I'm golfing, show up. Come on. Show up. VNO and 60 effect. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, remember when we went live on Instagram with uh, Gavin? Didn't we all make our putts? I yeah, we all made hole. our putts. I remember that. that. Was the, yeah. That was the only hole I did get all day. And I broke 100 on that day. Yeah. I broke under 100. I think, I think I shot 90, something like that. I think I was 98. I got it by two shots. Yeah. <laughs> Gavin I was, was like, I was pushing. Gavin was like 84. Yeah, sandbagger, sandbagger. But I'm just saying, if Jonah, if Jonah the Maestro want a sandbagger, and you're gonna go live on Instagram, I just got a message for you. We're coming. We will come. We'll show you up. (laughs) All right. Play the wings, go horn. And on that note, that's it, Uh, Joel. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, We really appreciate it, and we'll have to. Thanks, Joel. uh, uh, Hopefully, for sure. Thanks, guys. Season talk. Yeah. That. Yeah. So. For Joel Vanderland, I'm Reese Dumaney with Colin Ward. This was the 37th episode of the Owen 60 podcast. And uh, we're every week and look forward to chatting again next week after the goal horn.